Kings fans, it's time for game night. And he scores! Wins it in overtime! With a comprehensive look at the upcoming game, including a look at the Kings and their opponents. Coming in off the right wing, took it to the net. Interviews, analysis with notes, news, and scores from around the NHL. And your calls. Let us know what's on your mind. Call us now at 877-KINGS-20. That's 877-KINGS-20. It's game night, and it starts now. Kings fans, welcome back. I am Jesse Cohen, coming to you live from the Nick Nixon Broadcast Center here in downtown L.A. It's game number 15 of the 2022-23 season as the Minnesota Wild take on your L.A. Kings here at Crypto.com Arena. Kings skated to a 7-6 victory over the Wild in the third game of the season in Minnesota. Forwards Adrian Kempe and Kevin Fiala led the way for the Kings offensively in the victory, each getting three points. Kevin Fiala with a goal and assist, Adrian Kempe with two goals and an assist, while forward Andre Kopitar collected three assists. Eight Kings in total had multi-point games with defenseman Matt Roy and forward Gabriel Velarde also. Uh, sorry, <clears throat> not sure where that is. Uh, right. Odd bit of copy there that got away from me. The Kings were on the ice this morning for a partial team skate following a full team practice yesterday morning in El Segundo. Jonathan Quick was not on the ice this morning, and he'll be expected to get the nod again this evening, his third consecutive start. All-time versus the Wild, Quick has posted a 16-11-7 record with a 9.02 save percentage and a 2.63 goals against average. We'll see if the Kings can improve their home record just over an hour. But for now, we're taking your questions and comments here at LA Kings Game Night. So call in at 877-KINGS20. That's 877-KINGS20. As always, we have quotes from Todd McClellan taken from yesterday after practice and this morning after the morning skate. We understand that it's uh, raining out there, so we hope if any of you are driving to the game that you are driving safe. Not a full slate of games on the docket tonight, but 11 games. That's 22 of the 32 teams in the league in action. Coyotes currently holding a 3-1 lead over the Sabres in the third period. The Devils up 3-2 over the Flames with five minutes left in the third. The Rangers and Islanders are tied with five minutes left in the third. Flyers up 5-1 over the Blues. The Canucks come away with a win over the Senators, 6-4. Golden Knights defeat the Maple Leafs in overtime by a score of 4-3. to The Canadians and Red Wings are about to begin overtime. They are 2-2 two two with 26 seconds left in the third. The Edmonton Oilers up 3-1 over the Lightning, and Evander Kane suffered a... Looked like a pretty bad cut to his wrist. Um, don't watch if uh, the highlights of that. If you are at all squeamish, we obviously hope that he recovers. The Jets up 3-1 to one over the Stars with four minutes left in the second. The Predators and Kraken play at 7. And, of course, your LA Kings take on the Minnesota Wild here tonight at Crypto.com Arena at 7.30 on Hulu or ESPN+. Kings have not had an opportunity to practice very much. They played 14 games in 26 days, I believe the number was that we heard. And when we finally got a chance to talk to Todd McClellan on Monday, he was asked about the first practice his team has had, formal practice, in, uh, in quite a while. Last week we had an opportunity to forward think a little bit. We haven't practiced a good practice like today since after the Winnipeg game. It's ironic that we're talking about it. It's been nine days since we actually got the whole group out there and had a grinding, heavy, hard, direct, barking practice. And um, results, whatever they would have been um, against the Panthers, we were having this type of practice today. We just have to have those. And we've got a couple more this week that are going to be really important. That was Todd McClellan, and the question he was answering there was from me, and I asked him if the outcome of the Florida Panthers game had been different, had Gabriel Velarde not scored late in the game to take that lead and the Kings were not able to hold on, or perhaps Florida were to have scored late to take the lead, would that have changed the coach's approach towards practice? And as you heard there, he said no, because they were so in need of a practice like that that regardless of what would have happened that would have been the outcome. The reason I asked is that the previous week, or the previous homestand I should say, 
they played a game against Winnipeg that got away from them, and I had asked at that point if that game had ended differently, had they found a way to score late to take the lead against Winnipeg rather than have the Jets score late. Would that have changed everything? And the answer then was the same as it was yesterday, which was no, um, but for very different reasons, and Todd McClellan elaborated about why practice was so necessary on Monday, regardless of the outcome of Saturday's game against the Florida Panthers. When we're in Chicago, we had practice planned for, what day did we land? Friday, uh, 11 a.m., but we knew that time change, everything, flight, we probably weren't going to get into our own beds till 3 a.m. So we had to decide, was it beneficial to us with the amount that we traveled to give those players rest or to bring them to the rink and skate? And if when you're skating at 11, you're here at 8.30. So they're going to go to bed at 3, get up at 8.30 and, and get to the rink for, for 9 o'clock uh, for most of them. And we made that decision unemotionally prior to the game that we weren't going to bring them to the rink. We were going to let them sleep. And one of the things that I've learned is take the emotion out of decisions like that, make them, and then live with it. So obviously if we we've got drilled in Chicago 10-1, we wanted to bring them to the rink and let's fix this. But we made those decisions. Why am I telling you that story? Because I think it's it can be related to your question. We forward thought we knew what we were doing today and we knew what we wanted to do in practice and how direct it would be. I'm going to go ahead and call back to comments that we played from Todd McClellan on Saturday night before the Florida Panthers game where they were talking about the schedule and how the coaching staff knows what the schedule is in advance, obviously. Everybody gets a copy of it. And you heard him there. They're forward thinking. They're, they're reacting to what the schedule is. He was asked last week or on the weekend, you know, is it a challenge to deal with playing more games than anyone else in the league, playing more road games, having that condensed schedule? And as he said, it balances out. You'll hear us talking about this later on Duly Noted with Zach Dooley. And, of course, it does balance out. The more condensed your schedule early, presumably the more spread out it is late. And uh, you heard Todd McClellan there, and it was, I thought, really interesting to hear some insight and detail as to what exactly he means, you know, a week ago when he was saying the schedule balances out, we know what it is, we plan for it. Well, there was a little bit of that plan that you heard. I'm a curious guy, so when I heard him talking about that, um, I wondered, well, if you have a day off in Chicago, uh, or if you have a, a practice scheduled, excuse me, and you make the decision while in Chicago to turn that scheduled practice into a day off, can you swap days off, swap practice days for days off. The CBA means, um, or sorry, uh, mandates that teams get a certain number of days off per month. I think it's four. And so, you know, my question was essentially, can you barter those days off? Can you swap them around? Or if you cancel a practice day, does that effectively become a fifth day off uh, that you can't exchange for a, a day of practice later in the month? There are, I've had one circumstance in, in Edmonton where the players came to us. We had a scheduled day off. We lost um, Cam Talbot and I forget who the backup was at that time, to uh, Nielsen, I think. Um, we lost two goalies in two days and our, our uh, farm team was in Bakersfield and we couldn't get a goalie up there. Um, we would have had... Um, practice the next day with only one goaltender and the guys are going hey can we flip days can we have the next day off and and practice tomorrow it was them asking so we could have two goalies when they do that it's a little easier you can go to the league the the cba but um i think that the cba is is positioned well for them they have families they have plans they have um i knew yesterday what my wife and i were going to do and I didn't want somebody coming to me Saturday night at 11 o'clock and saying, we're not doing that anymore. There's kids involved. There's uh, family coming in to visit. There's dinners and birthday parties and rest. Um, they deserve those days off, and we're not about to change them. Stop making 
There you go, Tom McClellan reminding everybody that, of course, these are human beings playing this game, not just characters in a movie or in a video game. So swamping days off uh, becomes a challenge, and it's collectively bargained that players get them, and they take full advantage of that uh, collective bargained right. But the question was raised, did Todd McClellan see what he wanted in that practice? First full practice the Kings have had in quite a while. And when we didn't, we let them hear about it. You know, we do it again, do it right. So you're not going to be perfect, uh, but we'd like them to be thinking about perfection and trying to do it right. Another variable that goes into it is rain. And you go, well, we don't play baseball, but all of a sudden it's wet outside, there's humidity, and the ice is horrendous on a day like today. And it's going to rain tomorrow, so at least that's what I've been told. So I would imagine the ice here will be horrendous. I don't know what it'll be like at crypto, but that comes into play. We didn't, we didn't execute as well today, but boy, boy. That was Coach Todd McClellan referencing the rain that, of course, did come today, um, at least in my neighborhood, I, in the drive from El Segundo to downtown L.A. Today it was raining and raining hard and uh, rained all day long. So this morning and yesterday at the rink, you could see a little bit of fog on the glass at Toyota Sports Performance Center, the practice facility of the LA Kings. And everybody said it had everything to do with the humidity, the increased humidity in the air due to the rain. And you heard Todd McClellan talking about the ice quality. And obviously, ice quality will impact how you practice. Practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Excuse me. And Todd McClellan said there, you can't be perfect, but you can have your mind on it. But... One of the challenges that uh, faces this team with uh, their first practice in quite a while. Todd McClellan was asked about the play of Arthur Kaliev and what improvements he sees in the young forward so far this season. He's improving uh, as he did last year. There's a lot of responsibility that goes into a second-year player. You're, for lack of a better term or analogy, you're, you're out of diapers now. You're... you're responsible every day for your game and you got to bring it and Arthur's figuring that part out in year two but he is uh, he's improving and he's working hard at improving in those areas. Arthur Kaliev was King's second round draft pick in 2019 selected 33rd overall last year in 80 games scored 14 goals 27 points playing on, mostly on that fourth line with Lazat and Lemieux. So far this season in 13 games, four goals, five assists, and nine points. So math has never been my strong suit, but if I'm not mistaken, that puts him on a pretty pretty good base compared to last year. Todd McClellan was asked a question, though, that has been raised by a number of people, which is, does Arthur Kaliev play better on a line with Blake Lazat and Brendan Lemieux? Uh, he's a player that has been named as a player that the organization hopes will move up to a top six role, but is he playing better, uh, not just in the bottom six, but arguably on the fourth line? He seems to get more done with those two for whatever reason. I like the way that line has played the last little bit. When they get back together, they have something. They hold each other accountable. Sometimes there's the three of them bickering about what should or shouldn't happen. Uh, but once the, the play starts again, they're, they're a pretty good unit. They are a pretty good unit, and Arthur Kaliev also gets power play minutes. Blake Lazat and Brandon Lemieux don't, and I believe he leads the team with three power play goals. So curious to see uh, if he will spend uh, the early part of his career as a bit of a special teams specialist, um, because that fourth line does play particularly well together. Last season, they were one of the most frequently iced lines as far as total minutes because of all the injuries and all the juggling that had to go on on the other lines. Those three players played a tremendous amount of minutes together. This season they are again near the league or lead, excuse me, in uh, lines on the team as far as minutes played and you know, as much as people I think have high expectations for Arthur Kaliev and would like to see him uh, either on the top line or playing top six minutes, um, as Todd McClellan said plenty of times last year, you don't mess up multiple lines trying to fix one. Um, and it seems to be working. So for now, I would not expect to see any change to that line. Uh, we are going to take a break right now. When we come back, we'll hear from Todd McClellan more. We'll check back in on those scores around the league. 
We'll hear from Zach Dooley in Dooley Noted. But for now, again, we will take a break. This is LA Kings Game Night. I'm Jesse Cohen. Stick around, Kings fans. We'll be right back. Givers of tomorrow and conducts life-saving research to help bring more cures to more kids. For the best care for kids in California, visit chla.org. Crypto.com is the official crypto platform partner of the LA Kings and the world's fastest growing crypto app. In the app, you can easily buy and sell cryptocurrencies and different coins, collect the world's top NFTs, and get discounts when you pay with crypto. Download the Crypto.com app now on the App Store or Google Play. All information is provided for informational purposes only, and this message is not intended as a recommendation of financial or investment advice. Cryptocurrencies are highly volatile and subject to significant risks and may not be suitable for you. Not available in all jurisdictions. Yamaba Resort and Casino at San Manuel has another reason for you to come in today. For a limited time only, Yamaba is giving all new and inactive members a buy one, get one free buffet. Plus, new members can win up to $1,000 in free play for signing up a Club Serrano membership. You'll earn rewards from playing any of the 6,800 slots or table games. Experience SoCal's best buffet and resort. Yamaba is your home to big wins and even bigger prizes. Go for a BOGO today. Details at Yamaba.com slash new member. Must be 21. Please gamble responsibly. The LA Kings 22-23 season is underway. Celebrate Kings hockey and celebrate your birthday with the LA Kings. Sign up today to receive two complimentary tickets, merchandise discounts, and more. Learn more at lakings.com slash birthday. lakings.com slash birthday. Hey, Kings fans, own your terrain and get moving with Cooper. Now through November 14th, you'll get up to a $70 reward when you buy a set of four qualifying tires. Choose from all-season and high-performance favorites, including the Discoverer AT3 family of tires and more. You can even register your rebate online. It's quick and easy. Visit coopertire.com for forms, terms, and conditions, and to find a Cooper Tires retailer near you. Go with the Coopers. This is LA Kings Game Night. Make your voice heard. Call 877-KINGS20. Back to the action on the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. We are back here in the Nick Nixon Broadcast Center here in downtown LA. Minnesota Wild take on your LA Kings here at Crypto.com Arena in just under an hour. This is the first time your LA Kings face a team for the second time in the 2022-23 season. Kings practiced yesterday, Monday, at Toyota Sports Performance Center. It was the first practice the team has had in a while and the first and even longer at home. And I asked head coach Todd McClellan if, as a coaching staff, the team's reaction to a practice like that in that setting might offer a glimpse as to the collective mindset of the team, let them know how ready the team was based on uh, returning to the ice after an extended period of not having any scheduled practices. They can read our back body language. I can read theirs. Because we're not on the ice doesn't mean we're not practicing. We're, we're a lot of work on video, a lot of discussion, moving pieces around video-wise, talking about situations. So they have the practice. It's not, just not physically taxing and they don't have to execute. So today wasn't a, holy crap, this changed. All of a sudden we're on the ice. We've been practicing and playing and practicing and playing, but not skating on our practice sheet and playing five on five. You know, it's funny. We, we frequently uh, get hung up at the office uh, waiting for people to finish meetings or sometimes the availabilities are delayed because players have to go in a meeting or coaching staff has to be in a meeting and and it's easy to forget sometimes I think at least from our perspective that the team does have plenty of uh, coaching going on other than out on the practice rink and during the games Todd McClellan reminding us there that even though they hadn't been on the practice rink at Toyota Sports Performance Center the team was no less prepared and uh, don't rely exclusively on that kind of practice now the elephant in the room has been goaltending so far this season. Obviously, the Kings scoring a tremendous amount of goals, but uh, allowing a tremendous amount as well. And if you look at the opportunities uh, that other teams are getting, it's not that the Kings are getting overwhelmed uh, in shots. It's uh, that the team is simply allowing too many goals. And so Todd McClellan 
inevitably was asked uh, what he thought about the goaltending and uh, the scouting reports that the goaltending coaching staff was providing and uh, just general thoughts on the performance of his goaltenders. Like the rest of our group, we're working hard to improve in every area and Billy and uh, Cal and, and Quickie are doing that as well. There's a lot of things that our group has to do to help our goaltenders. Yeah, we continue to work at it. And unfortunately, there just really isn't much more to say than that. I am not a goaltending expert. I am not even a goaltending novice. I subscribe to the philosophy that goalies are voodoo. Um, every time I talk to an analyst about goaltending, I have to reintroduce myself to the phrases and the terminology. The I'm not even going to pretend to uh, to throw out some terms, but uh, the stance that the goalie takes in the net. The moves that they make, um, if you say you know how to fix uh, the goals against problem that the Kings are currently undergoing, I, uh, well, I'd listen to you because I don't know how to, uh, to fix it. Todd McClellan was asked about scoring chances for and against for the LA Kings in this young season. Chances against are chances against. They're dangerous. doesn't matter where they come from. Gabe's chance the other night was would be considered low danger it was outside it was on the goal line but that type of chance is is high danger it's unexpected it's quick it 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 gets people off guard so when we look at things from an analytic perspective high danger chances for those are predictable sometimes they're easier to read and react to if you're the last line of defense, whether it's a goaltender or a defenseman or whoever might be back there. The unpredictable chances that are sometimes low danger, just a sling from the corner. RV or Morsey's goal the other day. Just thinking the, in that game alone, I can think of Morsey just getting up and, or uh, RV getting up and slinging the puck to the net. A quick touch at the net, is that high danger? Maybe. It started out as very low danger. Uh, Gabe's chance, very low danger. But, it can work the other way. Um, so we, we try and eliminate as much as we possibly can all over the rink. Tom McClellan's answer there was sort of what led me to ask my earlier question of him about the outcome of that game against the Florida Panthers. Had it gone differently, would it have affected the way the coaching staff reacted? Because you heard him say there, Gabriel Velarde's shot on goal that resulted in the game-winning goal late in that Panthers game was not... Um, well, I don't actually know what the expected goal rate for that shot was or whether or not it's considered a high-danger chance. Those are decided based on pretty strict definitions, but at least as a casual hockey fan, I can say it didn't appear to be a high-danger chance, right? It's not a high-percentage shot, as Todd McClellan laid out. He was below the goal line, low angles, just sort of flinging it at the net, and yet it went in, which is why... Um, the analytics community rejects goals as the primary statistical measure for success, and they go on events that have a, a higher rate of occurrence, so shots on goal, scoring chances, etc., etc., shot attempts. Um, but that game was decided on that goal, and uh, even Victor Arvidsson's goal at the end of the second period to earn everybody in the building at McFlurry you know, Trevor Moore throws it from the boards to Andre Kopitar. Andre Kopitar passes it over to Victor Arvidsson. I know that shot that Victor Arvidsson took to put the puck in the net based on where he shot it from and uh, the rest of the scenario. I'm assuming that that probably had a very high uh, expected goals number attached to it and was probably considered a very dangerous chance. But it came out of nowhere, right? And I suppose that is... Um, one of the things that factors into this, we talked to Ed Egros from Bally Sports on Monday's episode of All the Kings Men. Talked about the Kings and their dominance uh, in creating chances off the cycle this season. Not that that opportunity from Trevor Moore to Kopitar to Arvidsson came off the cycle. It didn't. It came off the rush. But just another thing to consider that chances for and against come out of all sorts of different types of plays. Not really sure what the point of that was, but it sounded good in my head. Andre, or, uh, excuse me, Todd McClellan was asked, or didn't wasn't asked, but volunteered earlier in the season that he felt that the top line at the time, Kopitar, Kempe, and Fiala, 
were allowing too many chances against, uh, that they were doing a fine job of generating offense, but that that line was still getting out chance night in and night out, and you can't have that from your top line. In recent games, that line has been switched up. Kevin Fiala has found himself playing on a different line. Gabriel Velarde has been promoted to that top line, and so Todd McClellan was asked, does he feel with this new look top line if they are cutting down on those chances against, if they have been giving the performance that Todd McClellan was hoping to find? They've played better, and again, it would depend on who you consider the top line. Every night it's kind of been a different... Uh, yeah, the Kopi line is uh, has done. They've given up less. Uh, they've settled in and played way more that towards what I believe they can do, or what maybe even what they can believe they can do from a defensive perspective. And I think Kevin being where Kevin is, it opened up a couple players in Kupari and and Grunny. Um, you know, Grunny scored a fair amount over the last little bit. Had a glorious chance in Chicago on an open net and just missed off a good play by Kev. So it's balanced our lines out, and um, I think it's helped us win a few games. Tom McClellan referencing Kevin Fiala there, uh, one of two players who's scoring at a point-per-game clip. Todd McClellan was asked about Kevin Fiala and his ability to fit in to the Kings' system and culture. The fit-in part's not a surprise, very personable. You know, he can get into a conversation in five different languages, so he fits everybody. But the on-ice part, it took him a little while to understand our language and, and systems and tactics and, and whatnot, but uh, a quick study and his creativity outside of structure is what really makes him special, I think, when he has the puck. And, you know, if you're, if you're playing with him, you have to find open ice, maybe when you don't even expect it, because he knows you're over there somewhere. Some of our players have done a good job of that. Kevin Fiala setting up Rasmus Kupari for a goal the other day in a scenario just like that. Find open ice, Kevin Fiala will find you. He wasn't even looking, and he made an incredible pass. Um, confident, fast, quick, and uh, as I said, didn't appear to be looking at all, but knew precisely where Rasmus Kupari was and when to get him the puck. It wasn't a simple tip-in it was uh, or tap-in. It was... A really nice play. As we said, Kevin Fiala, one of two players scoring at a point-per-game clip. The other one, Gabriel Velarde. A lot has been said about him, but Todd McClellan was asked once again about the young forward and continued to heap praise on young Gabriel Velarde. We're, we, we see him on the ice and we're happy, for all, but he means something else too, and it's the off-ice part. It's the... It's the, the sticking to it and fighting through it and... Um, you know, he's a prime example of development, patience, impatience sometimes, time, um, and everybody evolves at their own pace for different reasons. And I think right now that's a really good thing for our organization because we still have other players that are trying to do those things. On ice, um, you know, if Gabe didn't have the start he's had and been able to maintain it, we probably got Kevin back up, and now we're we have two lines and, and two lines. Uh, we feel we're deeper with him playing where he's at. Um, he's done a lot of really good things for us uh, offensively, but he's also done some good things defensively. And I think for him to put that in his in his toolkit, um, he's proud of that as well. He'll probably tell you that. He's excited about playing. He, I heard him read a quote. He wants to be a really good player every night, not just a couple nights, every night. And it's a good approach for him. Well, I can see the Kings standing uh, in the hallway waiting to come out for warm-ups. I can hear the song playing. That means warm-ups will begin any moment now, and that means we're cutting to break. When we come back, we will hear from Zach Dooley in a segment we like to call Dooley Noted. This is LA Kings Game Night. I'm Jesse Cohen. Stick around, Kings fans. We'll be right back. Going to the movies this weekend? Totally Unlimited movies have arrived at Regal with Regal Unlimited, the perfect pass for movie lovers like you. See all the movies you want as many times as you want while enjoying 10% off concessions. Plus, enjoy unlimited moments. I love you. Unlimited action, unlimited adventure, and unlimited laughs at any Regal theater nationwide. Use the Regal app to become an unlimited subscriber today. Regal is a proud sponsor of the Los Angeles Kings.
score a goal and join the team that is building a stronger L.A. Join the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power. LADWP is an excellent place to work with competitive pay, excellent benefits, and many opportunities for professional and personal growth. If you're ready for a change, this is your chance. A job for you is ready and waiting. There are over 150 different types of jobs open to anyone that meets the minimum qualifications. Visit joinladwp.com for more information. That's joinladwp.com. U. Y. O. U. Three little letters to make a very small word. That means so many things. Because no U is ever one single thing. U. If put at the start, starts to change everything. To begin a sentence, begin with you. Kind of makes you wonder how big you can become when you comes first. Every you at the center of what we do. Blue Shield of California. If you want the best care for kids in California, come to Children's Hospital Los Angeles. CHLA is the highest ranked children's hospital in California and a top hospital in the nation on the prestigious U.S. News and World Report on a role in the best children's hospitals. CHLA provides outstanding patient-centered care, trains the physicians, nurses, and caregivers of tomorrow, and conducts life-saving research to help bring more cures to more kids. For the best care for kids in California, visit chla.org. Back to more of L.A. Kings Game Night. Call 877-KINGS20. Back to the action on the L.A. Kings iHeart Audio Network. The players on the ice for warm-ups, and that means Zach Dooley is on your speakers for Dooley Noted. Call Dooley! Dooley! Let's call Dooley! Dooley loves a good part! Dooley in the house! Dooley's in the house! Yeah, Yeah, Dooley Noted. It's time for warm-ups. That means it's time for Dooley Noted. Joining me now, Zach Dooley. How are you doing today, Zach? Jesse, doing well. How about yourself? Doing all right. We hit a point in the season that I did not expect to hit that early, where I really didn't have anything that I wanted to ask because I sort of felt like I knew the answers, Um, which is, I suppose could be a good thing or a bad thing, but it almost feels like it's now in my mind, it's no longer officially early. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't say that all the questions have been answered, but I know what the answers to the questions will most likely be. If that makes any sense. The questions haven't changed, right? Right. The questions are the same. The questions have been answered and will continue to be answered. Um, you can ask different players the same question, mm-hmm. but when you have one head coach, you know, is it, is it worth asking again about the consistency yeah. or, you know, the, like we kind of already the know that the ident- like the team <laughs> yeah. is working on it. It's a work in progress. It isn't there yet, but it's not bad. It's just not all the way there. It's coming along in spurts. Um, I think you could probably write the quote and attribute it and just have Todd sign off on it at this point. Um, but that's kind of the thing with inconsistency, right? Is mm-hmm. it's not the same thing over and over. It's going to be different variations of, you know, not quite being there. And the only way to really answer the question is to see consistency show up game to game on the ice. There's a a bit, I think Adam Carolla does it and it's spread to another, a bunch of other people in his sphere where they say like, you can tell someone's a jerk if when you're describing them, you use their name twice. <laughs> so you go like, oh, you know, Joe, well, Joe's just Joe. Yeah. And like, that's a, you know, code word. Now, I'm not accusing Todd McLellan of being a jerk, but we've reached this point in the season where a lot of the times Todd will use the f- words phrased in the question and just sort of say, well, Joe, Joe's just being Joe. So today at the media availability was high danger chances. Mm-hmm. And his answer was. All chances are dangerous, you know, or recently it's been like, you know. But I like the example that he gave is like. He expounded for sure. But like almost every question now is, you know, what about chances against? Well, chances against will be chances against. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. sort of like we're going to be what we're going to be has been the answer to a number of questions recently. And to your point that you raised in the media availability, stumbled on that one. Because the lineup hasn't changed for five games. That takes away a lot of avenues for asking questions. Well, when they changed, right? It was a new yeah. look line with Kopitar adding Velarde. The third line with Fiala added was completely different. Mm-hmm. And then it brought back the fourth line from last year of Kaliev with Lemieux and Lazat. So it almost made four storylines, right? The overall right. changes plus each individual line. And since then, you know, the lines have 
probably all improved off of what they were before the changes. So a lot of storylines there, but now they're old lines. It's not really a new story. It's following up on, oh, hey, it's been a larger sample size type thing. You know, what do you think here? Um, and I, I think overall, you know, it's been better. Um, the third line, noticeably, I mean, Fiala's yep. driving a line now, bringing along, you know, a younger player in Kupari and, you know, a guy in Grundstrom who has kind of established himself for the first time as like an everyday NHL player. That line's been excellent. Um, if you look at Arthur Kaliev's numbers with Lizot Lemieux versus without, it's substantially better with. And I think it's the case for all three of those players when they play together versus when they play apart. Um, it's been substantially better this year when they've been together. They got a goal against Florida on Saturday. Blake Lozada has four goals this year, tied for third in the team, which I noticed this morning, which is pretty crazy. And then, you know, the top line has the two leading goal scorers, Kempe and Vlardy. Vlardy got the huge goal, even on a night when that line wasn't at its best. They still chipped in with the goal from Vlardy and two assists from Kopitar. So game-winning goal. Game-winning goal, too, you know, at a key spot in the game um, to put him on the ice. So it's certainly been better there. But you're spot on. It doesn't lead to a ton of new storylines either. I mean, today at at the meet at the morning skate availability, the two I thought longest discussed subjects were predictably Kevin Fiala and Gabriel Velarde. Yep. And it's an ESPN game, so there was media here, not from you know that covers the team on a regular basis, and mm-hmm. of course they have their questions about it, so you understand. But for those of us, right, who have been here day in, day out since before training camp started, mm-hmm. like you said, I feel like I could write an article's worth of quotes about Kevin Fiala or Gabriel Velarde. And, uh, Velarde, certainly. Uh, yeah. It was nice to get a fresh perspective on Fiala because it always hasn't been the same answer True. with him. Yeah. Um, so it was nice to kind of get that objective take on him like it was the other night, you know, on Victor Arvidsson, where mm-hmm. you, you know, a situation where you wouldn't normally just get an objectively easy to use quote on a player. You kind of do get it in some of these other situations. Um, but certainly the, the two most impactful offensive forwards have been Velarde and Fiala um, haven't played together yet. So they're producing on two separate lines um, and have been all year. And certainly is, you know, the pulse on the team right now is like those, those two guys offensively have been the two biggest stories so far. So two things came up that I, if, if I were a different person, if Todd McClellan were a different person, and if we had a different setting for me to badger him with my stupid stuff, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> he must have mentioned the word wild about four times talking about the last he game did. against Minnesota. He did. And every time he did, I wanted to go, hey, like, but pun intended. Yeah, exactly. But I'm not it, gonna, it wasn't. No, clearly. And I'm not going to um, do that. And I think your question there was was a good one to ask. And he answered it with something you could probably use on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, but that game was, for lack of a better term, wild. Like, yep. there was very little that was, I think, replicatable from that game. It was strange in so many different ways. Um, to give up six goals and win, or to score six goals and lose, depending on which side of the coin you're on, like, mm-hmm. that probably happens once a year around the league, let alone, you know, per team. So one of those games, I think that if you, if it was any other game, I think that that storyline would be something. And in this one, it's just like, well, that game was like a throwaway one-off, win or lose, just because it was so out of the blue different. The other question that I didn't ask, and I'm not even sure there's an answer, but it's just one of those long conversations that I would have loved to have, is the Minnesota Wild had such a clearly defined identity for so long. Yeah. And it's utterly flipped on its head. And the Kings have had a clearly defined identity for so long that has been in the process, I suppose, of flipping itself on its head. Mm-hmm. The the wild game, the 7-6 right. game, you know, the joke that night was, how is this a King's Wild game? For years, King's right. Wild meant 2-1. to one. That was a year's worth one of King's Wild. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so, I would have loved to have heard Todd McClellan or Rob Blake or Bill Ranford or Andre Kopitar, anyone who's been here, who, anyone who had lived through the previous incarnation of boring wild versus defensively sound Kings, I would have loved to know, like, how did these two teams each wind up in such wildly different, no pun intended. Yeah, just, yeah you're doing it. Play, yeah. yeah. Because it really, I mean, I don't, it's funny, like, I guess I don't think of the Kings identity as having been so radically changed because... 
right? I'm watching the team every day. And so it happens slowly over time. But mm-hmm. thinking about it, like we have our share in that 7-6 game. As well. It's not just Kirill Kaprizov. Right. And now the games are different. Right? Yeah. The only difference is Kevin Fiala, right? He's, right. He switched teams <laughs> yeah. and yeah. turned the, the Wild and the Kings into mm-hmm. different teams. I don't know what it is, but... Yeah, it's certainly been different, and Minnesota's kind of recovered a little bit after a very poor start to the year. I think they gave up six or more in three mm-hmm. straight to go 0-3. A lot of questions, and then they've kind of turned it around a little bit. You know, they've had a couple players out. Like, uh, their identity, I feel like, was embodied by the Eriksenek, Greenway, Felino line. And Greenway's played, like, one period this year. Felino's been out. And that line was obviously a big part of what they did in the on the – the boring shutdown side. Um, they've had a little bit of personnel turnover, but it's not all that different from, you know, the team that we saw what two years ago in the COVID year when they were a very difficult, mucky to play against kind of team that always led to those, you know, one goal, low scoring games. So it, it's, it's interesting for sure. Um, can't say that I, you know, listen to the wild scrums or what they say very often, on the King side, it's kind of like, we know what it is right now, but that's not necessarily what we want to be. They still think and believe that they can win sim- more similarly to last year, even though it's not necessarily the same group. And I guess we'll have to see how it comes around, right? And that's, you can't really go game to game with the issues that the Kings are having and say, oh, it's fixed or it's not. It's got to be over an extended run. And maybe this homestand is a chance to see that a little bit bigger picture. I think you and I talked last time we did duly noted about <clears throat> defining like when is it not early anymore. We did. So I'm looking at the standings and I'm just planting the seed. We don't have to sort it out in the next six minutes, but um, or five minutes. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, six teams that are at or within one game of a 500 record, and in the division. Yeah. Okay. And one. To, or in the conference. In the conference, okay. Yeah. And two two or three more that are within two games of 500. We should figure out, a th- like, a number where it's early until you get down to, like, two teams in that window. Because <laughs> at this point, Minnesota's out of a playoff spot. They're 5-5-1. Five, five, and one. They're at 500. The Kings are third in their division at 7-6-1. and one. The Kings have played 14 games. Minnesota's only played 11, right? So right. some of that is that. But it's early enough that one game can swing, yeah, can wildly impact the standings, and I think that's probably the best determination of when it's early versus when it isn't. And it's like bring a team from outside the wild card to in the division, yeah, playoff. You know, it's like yeah. it's, it's so seventh I think overall in the conference, the second. In you the can league. look at it like a lot of ways. Like fourteen games isn't nothing. So mm-hmm. to your point earlier, like it's in some ways it's not early, but then you look at it from that point of view, and maybe especially in the West and specifically in the Pacific where other than Vegas, it's clumped aggressively. Like mm-hmm. no team has really separated itself on the high end other than Vegas. So there's so much clutter that eventually, you know, as the teams start playing each other in the division, like the Kings have only played two divisional games, right? They've, they lost to Vegas and they lost to Seattle. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so as they start to play each other, I think that, things will start to sort themselves out and one day we'll just wake up and say it's no longer early. I don't know when that is, Yeah, but I think one day we're just going to, it's going to, the issue will resolve itself. And Tom McClellan was asked a couple days, I don't remember when, but within the last, since the team returned from the home trip, I think, and he was asked about the schedule and he said, you know, it balances itself out. We mm-hmm. know that whatever it was, 14 games in 26 days, something like that. Most in the league in that span. And eight road games, most in the league at that time. So, but I I didn't, I I sort of wanted him to keep going because implied in that answer was exactly what you're saying, which is, yeah, they know it's rough up front, Mm -hmm. but the rougher it is up front, presumably the easier it is on the back end, right? Mm -hmm. If you play more games than everybody in October, early November, well, then you have fewer games to play and, only stands More to reason. More time to practice, etc. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, with 14 games played tonight, it'll be 15. You know, hopefully they'll lock down that defensive game that we've heard. I mean, that's – sorry, I'm all over the place now. But that's sort of the other story that we've been hearing now over the last three or four games, which is, yeah, we're scoring a lot more, but we need to stop pucks. And until that happens, I guess that will just continue to be the talking points. Probably. Um, a couple questions today. 
around goaltending. Mm -hmm. And I think that people like to cherry pick certain stats to support their own narrative. Like that's the whole point of stats, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Like it's not actually using them maybe the way that they should be, but it's kind of like, well, people have signaled out the goaltenders or they've signaled out the defensemen or they've signaled out like they, it's never just like, Oh, well maybe the team overall just has to be a little better in certain Mm -hmm. areas, but it's always got to be someone's fault. Right. And I feel like a lot of people have put that on the goaltenders. Um, right or wrong i don't know if it's i don't think it's fair to say it's it's one person or one group at this point in the year um but yeah you stop more pucks keep more goals out of that whatever you want to call it obviously has to improve and the hope would be that it doesn't come at the expense of the increased scoring at the other end and if if that's the case then that's when you've got something i mean that it, and it is it's so funny because there are some conversations that focus exclusively on it mm-hmm. and yet i think it was you and i were just sort of spitballing in the press box at the last game like oh well how would you jumble the lines you know move this guy there move that guy there and at some point we just both sort of started laughing and it was like this team is scoring a ton like why would you yeah, change well, I, anything on the right, forward lines right. when the, you know right the answer is they just have to stop a couple more pucks which is right. what everybody's been saying right so the numbers are what the numbers and the, you know the kings then now we're doing it. The Kings are <laughs> the Kings are higher in goals allowed mm-hmm. than they were last year by a lot. Their number now is likely unsustainable over the entire season. It will likely go down at least to a more manageable number that's still bad compared to the rest of the league, but is way lower than it is now. And then we'll see how that translates. Does it do the goals keep flowing at the other end? If so, you know, if you can average three and a half and give up three, you're probably gonna give win more than you lose. And if the goals go down with it, then we'll be in a lot more of those tight nail biting one goal games that we saw last year that as you saw in Chicago can go either way. I'm, I'm assuming that the Kings will not want to uh, allow six goals again to Minnesota. We'll find out in uh, 15, 20 minutes from now. Zach, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Duly noted. That was duly noted. I am Jesse Cohen. This is LA Kings game nights. The ground Kings fans. We'll be right back. LA Kings play here. Score! Arvidsson! Valley Sports West. Patrick Gold! And now, you have more wings to watch than ever with your service provider. To win it! Or with the all-new Valley Sports Plus, available on the Valley Sports app. Oh, what a setup! Valley Sports West, your home for LA Kings hockey. Crypto.com is the official crypto platform partner of the LA Kings and the world's fastest growing crypto app. In the app, you can easily buy and sell cryptocurrencies and different coins, collect the world's top NFTs, and get discounts when you pay with crypto. Download the Crypto.com app now on the App Store or Google Play. All information is provided for informational purposes only, and this message is not intended as a recommendation of financial or investment advice. Cryptocurrencies are highly volatile and subject to significant risks and may not be suitable for you. Not available in all jurisdictions. Yamava Resort and Casino at San Manuel has another reason for you to come in today. For a limited time only, Yamava is giving all new and inactive members a buy one, get one free buffet. Plus, new members can win up to $1,000 in free play for signing up a Club Serrano membership. You'll earn rewards from playing any of the 6,800 slots or table games. Experience SoCal's best buffet and resort. Yamava is your home to big wins and even bigger prizes. Go for a BOGO today. Details at yamava.com slash new member. Must be 21. Please gamble responsibly. NHLShop.com, the official online store of the National Hockey League and the world's largest selection of officially licensed NHL fan gear with unique one-of-a-kind designs by Fanatics, Adidas, and all the latest styles for every NHL team. Don't miss out. Shop now and get today's special offer. NHLShop.com, a Fanatics experience. Kings fans, be sure to sign up for the LA Kings VIP e-newsletter. By signing up, you'll receive exclusive pre-sale access to playoff tickets, special offers, inside scoop, and more. For all the details and information, visit lakings.com slash e-news. And go Kings! We return to LA Kings game night. A pre-game look at the Kings on your LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. 
Welcome back, Kings fans. Jesse Cohen once again here inside the Nick Nixon Broadcast Center in downtown L.A. The Minnesota Wild are in town to take on your L.A. Kings. Both teams have completed warm-ups, and based on what we saw during those warm-ups, according to Zach Dooley, Kempe Kopitar and Velarde will once again skate on the top line. Moore, Deneau, and Arvidsson remain together, as do Fiala, Kupari, and Grunstrom. And we mentioned Arthur Kaliev still with Blake Lazat and Brendan Lemieux. On defense, no changes. Anderson and Dowdy, Dursey and Roy, and Edler and Walker. And it was our very own Daryl Evans, I believe, who asked Todd McClellan about the recent improvements in Sean Walker's play. Well, his plays moved the needle significantly since early in the season. Didn't get to play a lot of exhibition games right off the bat. Um, and then had to go in and, and play the real games, which wasn't easy. And I think his play has moved, the needles moved immensely from um, earlier in the year, sense of timing, when to go, when not to, pinches. Uh, just game management situations have been much better. Uh, physically, he still had a significant surgery. The same one that our manager had, Blakey. Blakey talks about his experience all the time. It's it's still there. It lingers, and you've got to do a lot of homework to to get yourself healthy day after day after day. Um, and Lox is still dealing with that, but he's doing a hell of a job. Apologies for that coughing in the background of that clip. That was me trying to suppress a coughing fit. You heard Zach Dooley and I talking about this game against the Minnesota Wild compared to the previous game against the Minnesota Wild, and I asked Todd McClellan if playing a team for the second time early in a season might give a coaching staff some insight as to any improvements uh, in the team as they attempt to make changes. It does, but I don't think it will tonight. That game in Minnesota for both coaches, it was a wild game. I don't think a lot of them are going to be played that way. There's a lot of moments in that game we were really happy with, and then there's a whole bunch we wanted to throw out. It, it's so early in the year that uh, in such a wild game, I don't think it's going to allow us to gauge a whole lot. But there are other games in Chicago coming up, uh, potentially, you know, what's changed in a week, I don't know. But I don't, I don't know that Minis this Minnesota game will do that. There you have Coach Todd McClellan referring to the previous game against Minnesota as wild on two separate occasions, presumably no pun intended. But we are going to take our final break here as we are done for this episode of LA Kings Game Night. Huge thanks to our in-arena producer Jake Warner and Jeff Cabot at the iHeart Studio in Burbank. We will be back Thursday night and every home game after that, taking your questions, calls, and comments. But for now, our final break when we return... Hall of Famer Nick Nixon and Daryl Evans have the call as your L.A. Kings face off against the Minnesota Wild. This has been L.A. Kings Game Night. I have been and will continue to be Jesse Cohen. Thanks for listening, Kings fans. Off the draw, shot, score! You've been listening to Kings Game Night with a complete look at the Kings' upcoming game. Be sure to join us immediately after the game for Kings Talk. Call in again with your questions and comments at 877-KINGS-20. And now, stay tuned for L.A. Kings Hockey, coming up right here on the L.A. Kings iHeart Audio Network.